We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It's, well, Thursday, and you know what that means. Front Office Friday on a Thursday. <laughs> I love it. I wasn't, I wasn't sure how you were gonna you were gonna pull that off, but nicely I done, wasn't my either. friend. <laughs> that one came. That, that, was, that was a complete ad lib. I Not love it. <laughs> I love it. That was fantastic. We're going live on a Thursday to allow me to get a little family time in here uh, this this weekend, this President's Day weekend. We'll uh, we're going to get out of town a little bit here, so we're going a day early for our live show this week, but still plenty to talk about around the nba uh keith how how are you oh no people in the chat are saying that they thought it was friday because of this i i apologize for for that take tomorrow off take an extra long weekend you're fine just tell them we approved it we give give you permission you can take the day off um welcome in everybody if you are right now having your lunch time at work and you're kind of you know you're doing your thing you're hiding from your boss maybe you're not taking lunch at work you're pretending to be working or whatever well welcome in thanks for joining us here we're going to talk some nba news um i guess let's start with this keith isaiah stewart what what is happening uh we got the i i'm sitting there my phone starts blowing up and my wife looks over at me. She goes, what is going on? I'm like, I don't know. That's like seven notifications in a row. Something must have happened. And then the news has come out that Isaiah Stewart has punched Drew Eubanks um, in the in the tunnel. And I know the tunnel they're talking about in, in Phoenix. Kind of both teams go through the same tunnel in order to get out to the floor. I don't know what's going on. We know he officially, I believe, Phoenix police arrested Stewart. Is that Am I correct on that? Yeah, as far as uh, we know, uh, per their report, they arrested him. He was uh, charged and then uh, later released, I assume, back to Pistons team security who then took him. I don't think the Pistons play tonight, so I would assume they do not play tonight. So probably immediately got back on a flight back to Detroit. But yeah, not good stuff. We still don't know what caused all of this beyond the two players uh ran into each other. I don't mean like physically ran into each other, but saw each other in the hall. Words are exchanged. They went chest to chest. And then every single report I've read was that Stuart Sunker punched uh, Eubanks and he didn't see it coming. So who knows now, if you're already chest to chest, you should probably be prepared, but maybe they'd separated and were walking away. Who knows? But Isaiah Stewart, there's, there's been issues in the past. We all know about the LeBron incident where he was, you know, ready to chase him all over the court right. and all that stuff. He's had 
couple other uh, moments where he's been pretty upset over stuff and teammates and coaches have had to hold him back. So just not, not, not good. You know, and Isaiah Stewart's not even playing right now. He's hurt. So who knows what the history is between him and Drew Eubanks, but, but an ugly story to start the, uh, start, start the uh, show here from last night. Well, he's, he's clearly not that hurt if he's, if he's out there throwing punches um, from a, and we always are, are going to look at things through a cap perspective. So looking at Isaiah Stewart's contract here for the Pistons, uh, he he's got his new deal kicks in next season, 15 million flat for four seasons in a row with a club option or a team option on the final year there. Um, could this do anything contractually could this put his deal in jeopardy in any way i mean i would assume a suspension is coming from the nba but if there is now an arrest involved too uh, for for assault that becomes uh, a different matter yeah i don't know on the arrest part of it and i don't know the de- specific details of right. his contract generally there are behavior clauses that could be cause a contract to be void clearly there would be a fight over over that grievances filed and everything else if the Pistons went in that direction. I don't think they will. My guess is we'll see the NBA will handle this with some form of you're suspended for multiple games and and we'll we'll kind of go from there when that comes down. I wouldn't be surprised if that actually comes here in the next day or so before All-Star weekend, just so it's it's they're free and clear and that's done and they the league office can move on to celebrating the game. So we'll we'll kind of kind of see from um from there, you know, where it goes. Yeah. And we'll and we'll see. Like I, I don't know that they've got specifically cameras back there, but imagine whatever footage they've got sounds is sounds gonna... like there was footage that okay. was able to be reviewed. So I, I would assume uh, law enforcement did that, and then it'll probably be be handed over to the NBA to look at for whatever their investigation is going to do. Now they've they've renovated that arena, but last I was there, it's it's a fairly dark tunnel that we're talking about that goes uh, all the way out and uh, out onto the floor. So depending on where they were standing, that could you know that that could make things a little bit difficult. But again, they've renovated the arena since I've been in there, so that could be um, that could be a factor as well. Um, Keith, you know, we've got three games tonight. We've got uh, the the unfortunate teams that have to play tonight. Everybody else is on vacation. In fact, I had a buddy of mine uh, was got on the same flight as Rui Hachimura heading to Miami, getting ready for a vacation. A lot of guys are already headed towards their vacation after last night last night's games. But we have Milwaukee and Memphis. We have Golden State and Utah. We have uh, Minnesota and Portland. The Golden State and Utah game, was not originally on the schedule. This is the the makeup game um, that or one of the games that was canceled when the Warriors unfortunately lost their their assistant coach. So um, one extra game on the schedule tonight than you would expect. Are, are you anticipating any kind of uh, shenanigans here in terms of uh, weird things, players looking a little checked out or anything like that? I thought last night's games were largely. Well, with the exception of maybe the <laughs> Nets game, yeah, uh, we're, we're largely were done. you know pretty competitive. Yeah, yeah, it's a good call out by you because the Nets, uh, they might as well have not even made the short trip was, to Boston. It was, it was like it was fifty, right? Was the final? Yeah, fifty was the final. It, it was, it was for a moment there. It looked like the uh, Celtics were going to uh, set a new franchise record for margin of victory, which was fifty six over the Bulls a couple years ago. But, but it didn't go that way. So, uh, so, so be it. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're definitely going to see some teams maybe checked out a little bit. I think it's going to be hard for like Milwaukee 
for example, how up are they going to get for a game against the Grizzlies? How up will the Timberwolves get for a game against the Trailblazers? Warriors-Jazz, I think because the Warriors lost last night, I think we'll see the Warriors probably be a little bit more ready to go. Steph actually called that out. Uh, I don't know if you saw his comments after the game, but he basically said, we're a very average team. Like, like that's exactly where we are, and average doesn't get it done in this league. And he basically said, we're trying to hit the break with momentum. We lost this game at home to the Clippers, and now we got to get back on track against the Jazz and finish that out. So, so yeah, I one of those teams that should probably win will lose is my guess in, in one of these games because that generally is kind of how this goes, but, but we'll see who it is. Yeah. And so we'll see what, what happens there. Um, let's see what else do we have going, going on here around the league. We didn't touch on it yesterday, but yeah. the Suns are going to have a G league team next year. So they're the, the last ones to, uh, to have their own G league team. So that is, is a, uh, Good direction for the G League. G League will have 32 total teams. So you'll have each of the 30 teams with their own affiliate. And then you have the G League Ignite. And then you have the uh, Mexico City uh, Capitans. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. So they're, they're going to have, have a G League team. This has been kind of a long time coming. Matt Ishbia uh, referenced it when he bought the team that a goal was going to be to have a G League team. And then he referenced it again when they announced it yesterday that, like, you have to have one. Like, if you want to be a serious team in the NBA you have to have a G League team because that's how you develop guys and and the like so that that that's good news you know for for the uh, minor league system of the league for sure absolutely absolutely yeah and the G League is becoming year by year it's been a lot of fun to watch how it's become more and more of like a true minor league guys are using that as a real path to get into the NBA now which is exactly what it is that uh, that we've been wanting to see and I think it's a, it's an overall benefit to the NBA to have that sort of a system in place there we go. Uh, completely agree. Yeah, you, you you need to have that. All right, let's take a quick peek at uh, at our current standings and where things are, are where things are sitting right now. Um, so, right now, Keith, when we're looking at the Eastern Conference here, you've got your Celtics have kind of pulled away a bit on this one. Uh, well, a lot. They're up. Uh, the closest opponent is the Cavs. Are you surprised that it's the Cavs now sitting in the, in the two seed? Um, if we went back to the start of the year and my thoughts, yeah, absolutely. I would say I'm surprised, but for how well they've played over the last month and a half or so where they, they really have steamrolled a whole bunch of teams. I mean, they played a string of games where not only did they win, but they flat out destroyed teams. Uh, so that's, that's, I, I, it doesn't surprise me that they've passed Milwaukee, New York, Philly's obviously fallen off. So, yeah, we're starting to see some separation in the East for sure. Yeah, it's starting to become a little bit more clear what the playoff picture is going to look like there. You know, but when I'm looking at this, the the race to stay out of the play-in, that's going to be interesting. The 76ers, they've been struggling of late. Uh, obviously, without Joel Embiid, they can obviously drop into that mix there. But Indiana, Miami, Orlando, one of those three, right now are looking like the, the group that will avoid the play. And assuming the 76ers can write themselves, if not, maybe that'll turn into a four-team race. How do you see that play? Because I think that's one of the most fascinating parts of the Eastern Conference right now is that mix and that struggle to stay above that play-in line. Yeah, I think this is when we get to this point, this is where we always talk about teams as far as 
one bad week can kind of undo a lot of good in in your uh, season. And I think here's a key. Orlando has the easiest schedule remaining in the league, and it's by a pretty wide margin. They're, they've 27 games left. The teams they play have a combined 436 win percentage uh, remaining. Right? That's like the strength of schedule mm. left. The next closest is Brooklyn, and it's 459. Now, part of that is they're in a division where they still get Washington, they get Charlotte. So Miami also has an extremely easy schedule left. Indiana is not all that tough. Their schedule's under uh, 500 for the rest of the way. So nobody's going to get a, I don't think, a massive schedule advantage there. But I think maybe Orlando's is just enough when it's this tight that that could lift them. Uh, that 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 could make a pretty big difference. So we'll we'll see. And then Philly, who who knows, right? They should have enough, I think, to stay in the top six, even pending whatever happens with Joel and B. But that's going to be a battle. Now, I'll also say this: I think Miami, Orlando, Indiana, Philadelphia. I guess we could throw the Knicks in there too. They're only three games up. Whoever falls into the play-in tournament, those two teams, I think, should feel pretty good about getting through. But if it's Chicago and Atlanta, all you need is the Bulls to have DeMar DeRozan play the way he did last year in the playing tournament, or Trey Young have one of those nights where he has 50 points, and next thing you know, your season's over, and you didn't expect it to be be done. So, so you want to you you want to try to get in that top six, get out of the playing tournament. You also ideally you don't want to be eight. You want, you'd like to avoid Boston if you can, unless maybe you're Miami. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you'd welcome that with the way. Things have gone over the years between oh, the Celtics and the Heat. Keith, how would how would Celtics fans react react well. if they wind up getting Miami in round one? Yeah, it, it, badly. They they did <laughs> anybody but Miami. Like there was a point last year where Orlando had really handled Boston a few times, and then they handled them once earlier this year, and then the Celtics took care of business when they were fully healthy against the Magic. But yeah, they'd be like anybody but the Heat. Like don't don't care who it is, but yeah, they don't want to play the Heat in the first round. Yeah, that's a, that's understandable. Understandable. Um, let, let's take a quick peek down here at the at the West. Um, Minnesota right now in the one seed, but this has been a fascinating race. You know, the the Clippers pulling out the win last night over the Warriors uh, without Kawhi, and then Paul George fouled out late in the game. That was an impressive win for them. But the race for number one in the West with Denver, who Denver dropped their game last night to to the Kings. That was a surprise. But Denver, the Clippers, OKC, Minnesota. This is going to be a crazy finish post-All-Star break, I think, in the Western Conference. Those four teams all vying for that one seed. I think Denver is the team that needs the one seed the least out of that group. I think they can be confident. They can go in there and get a win, even if if they have to do it on the road. But the other teams, I think they can all make legit arguments for needing to get that one seed. And I think we're going to see them play as such down the stretch. Yeah, Denver has the easiest schedule left of that group, uh, just ahead of Oklahoma City, just ahead of Minnesota. And then the Clippers have one of the harder schedules uh, left. So that that makes it a little more difficult uh, there on them. We also we, we don't really know what's going on with Kawhi Leonard, other than Ty Lue said it's not serious, but he might miss the All-Star game. I would assume we're going to find out more about that today, probably because mm-hmm. they'll want to name a replacement for him. If he can't go, ideally try to get somebody there i don't know who necessary is next up in the west i'd have to go and look because often what they lean to is who is next in the voting 
uh, that, that just missed out by either the uh, fan vote or the, the uh, full voting from the coaches. So, so we'll see, see how that comes together. So I, yeah, I think this is going to be a battle all the way through between these teams. I think the nuggets are, they've had a lot of games in the last, let's call it three weeks where I think they're just like, we, we know what we need to do. Like we're mm-hmm. not worried about this anymore in the regular season. Like this is not, this doesn't matter to us. So I, I think there is a chance we see that Denver kind of just focus on, let's be healthy. Let's be rested. And if we're three or four, so be it. We'll figure it out from there. And, and how about the Mavs? Look at them. Six wins in a row. They've been playing fantastic basketball. Yep. They're looking to try to make a push up into the upper echelon of the Western Conference. They've been playing as well as anybody in the league right now. They've got their new pieces in, Daniel Gafford and P.J. Washington. I think the Mavs are very much a team on the rise in the West. The West is already going to be you know, a mess with all the teams trying to make this, this playoff push here. But Dallas, man, they, they look like they're prepared to, uh, to separate from some of the pack here in the middle of the Western Conference and try to get a move up into that upper echelon. Yeah, a few weeks ago, we were talking about them dipping maybe out of the playing tournament like yeah. they, they weren't far from from being out they were only like a couple games and this is the difference right you if you can string together a really good solid week or two of basketball you you can move move way up in the standings and their moves at the trade deadline were good they, they were definitely win now moves because they sacrificed uh some future uh draft capital and the like down the line to make the moves they made but i i, I think they were good ones i, I think they really did a good job uh, flushing out their front court, they've clearly got got the backcourt depth. Wing depth is a little shaky there, but they, they've got enough, I think, that they can get by with with Josh Green and Tim Hardaway Jr. And now Derek Jones Jr. is kind of playing a more of a combo forward role than than a mm-hmm. small ball four. So I think I think Dallas is going to be a tough out, and obviously, you know, Luke is playing out of his mind, and that a lot of people have been talking uh, Tim Bontemps straw poll for the MVP came out. And a lot of Mavs fans got mad because they're like, why is Luca not getting more love? And I think the answer was, well, the team's in seventh place. I think they're in eighth place at the right. time that came out because I think they've just passed the Kings in the last few days. And that's why, right? It was the team wasn't that good. Now, if he can lift them up into the, let's say, the top five in the West, that maybe starts to change things a little bit if, if, if nobody else really separates themselves from the pack as far as an MVP contender goes. All right, we're going to get to the rest of the Western Conference in just a moment. But first, let's pause for a minute and give a shout-out to our sponsor, and that is BetUS. You guys can find the link in the description down below. They've got a fantastic new promo. They give you a 125% bonus, not only on your first deposit, but on your first three deposits with that promo code JOIN125. Plus, they'll give you 10% gambler's insurance for your net losses if you're active every six months. So go check them out. BetUS, again, that link is down in the description. 125% bonus on your first three deposits. Fantastic stuff there. Very easy to get going. You guys can see that big yellow get started box right there on the screen. All you got to do, go click that, and you can see you can find pretty much anything you want, whether it's basketball. Look, all three games for tonight, they're right there. You can get into different prop bets. You can get into all of the different sports, whether you are into baseball, once baseball season gets going, hockey, football season, when that comes around, BetUS has you covered with everything. So again, go check out that link in the description down below. Get that 125% deposit bonus uh, 
three times your first three deposits. Crazy deal from BetUS. So again, guys, go check them out. All right, Keith, when I'm looking at the the West and who's going to fall out, I'm looking at Houston. Are they, Utah lost to my Lakers last night. They've lost three in a row as well. So they're starting to get a little bit of separation there. The Warriors losing uh, last night to the Clippers. But Houston is the team that looks to be kind of teetering where maybe they could fall out of this race for the play-in. I think they're my team to watch through the home stretch of the season here post-All-Star break to see if they are the team to, to drop out of this whole mix first. Yeah, I completely agree. I think their little like fun, feel good run, I think is now it's caught up to them. So I'm not having Fred Van Vliet has clearly hurt them offensively. They're they're just they're going through it a little bit right now. Defensively, they're a little more shaky uh without him in there kind of captaining things and, and directing stuff. So still though. Great step forward season for them to almost no matter what happens. They're they're still gonna finish with probably in the mid 30s and wins. And that's that's huge for them going forward. They've got great flexibility, they've got all kinds of trade pieces, they've got some guys. And and I'll say this, Eamon Thompson uh getting some run now as a starting point guard while Fred mm-hmm. Van Vliet has been out, starting to play pretty well. You're starting to see some of the idea of all right, this is what this kid can be. And Took both him and his brother a little while to figure things out. Uh, they, they, neither team gifted them just your first round pick, top 10 guy, here's your minutes right away. They both had to earn those minutes and, and they did. So I think that's, uh, you know, did that kind of outweighs almost any of the rest of it? Even if we did, it was nice seeing them push for a playoff spot for a little while there. Yeah, I mean, it gives them – here's what it does, I think, for Houston. It is It gives you a glimpse of what they can be. We know that this team is not the, – the Rockets are not a team that's going to make a serious run this year. If they make it into the play-in, I, I would not pick them to survive the play-in. But you saw Ime Odoka's identity, the defensive identity, really take hold with this team, and that's critical. I think they may have made steps forward this season. And by no means is their season over. They could still make a run. But they do look to be that team that's kind of dropping out of the mix here. But I like what they've got moving forward. This is progress that we've seen from them this season. And then heading into next year, they'll add some more pieces. Maybe they'll be in the market for a star. Remember, they went after Mikhail Bridges. I'm sure they're going to be an interesting landing spot for a number of players. But next season, they'll look to, I think, fully make that leap. So, so far... I think Rockets fans have seen what they've needed to see with this team. Yes, it would be ideal if they're winning more games right now and they were in the tr- truly in the mix here for the play-in. But I think the future right now looks a lot brighter for Houston than it did a year ago. Yeah, com- completely agree. I think they're they're on their way now, and this is that's good because they they've been down for a little bit, and now you're building back up and moving forward. Let's scroll back up to the heat, bottom of the yep. east for a minute. Yep. I, I don't I want to point something out that I don't know everybody's caught. Okay, let's check it out. Right about there's good enough. Okay. The Pistons, they're only a game behind Washington. Ooh. For as bad as things had been for Detroit with the million losses in a row and everything else, they're right there. They're only a game behind uh Washington. I also let's look just above them. Charlotte, they've won three in a row. With their new guys in the fold. Mm-hmm. All the new players have come in. They've all collectively, the, the players are still there. The new guys, the coaches, uh, the broadcasters, if you watched any of their game last night, 
they all talked about the energy is just completely different with this team. Like everybody is fired up. Guys are excited to be there for Grant Williams and Seth Curry. This is a, a return home to, to some degree uh, for those guys. Definitely for Williams, Curry kind of grew up a couple different places, but still home. It's, it's fun watching him wear the 30 Curry jersey in the Hornets colors because that was his dad's. Uh, number when he played for the Hornets. So uh, Vasily Misic has played well. And Trey Mann finally liberated getting regular minutes. Really looks good for the Hornets. And and I get it. It's the Hornets. They're a bad team and all that stuff. But it's you're, you're trying to find positives in what's been a, a very lost season. And, and they're, 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 they're maybe closer to being something good coming for them other uh, than we previously thought, which is, is, is big, you know, for them, that gives them yeah. a little bit of hope moving forward. They're going to have a new front office. I would assume probably a new coaching staff as well. They're, they're probably going to uh, clean house that way, but now you've got some players, get a coach in, make a couple more moves and, and uh, get things moving in a better direction, which is great to see. Yeah, absolutely. This is the type of thing, you know, small victories. That's what you're looking for when you're at the bottom of the table. Things that you can use to build upon for next season. Things that you can yeah. take into the offseason, into June when you get to the draft, into free agency in July. These are the kinds of things that you want to be looking for. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, Charlotte winning three in a row. Uh, that, that's huge for them, for sure. Um, Keith, it almost seems like the East is kind of set, isn't it? When I, when I look at it, like, I, I think this is probably about like, I don't see Brooklyn making a push up to catch the Hawks. Like, I think this is pro some teams may shuffle up or down a little bit, but I kind of think the 10 teams that are in right now are going to be the 10 teams. I, I think so, too. Brooklyn was an abject disaster the last two games. Now they kept it a little bit closer. They played one of those home-and-home uh, -home series with the Celtics. So they played mm -hmm. in Brooklyn on Tuesday. They played in Boston on Wednesday. And Celtics destroyed them on Wednesday. And they destroyed them without Jalen Brown, without Al Horford. Uh, and they still really hammered them. Jason Tatum didn't even play in the fourth quarter. He, that's how far out of hand the game was. Chris Stapps, Porzingis didn't even play in the second half because um, they, they were up by 40. So uh, they they rolled right through them. And then their game before was closer, but it was, it was just kind of one of those ones where you could see at moments Boston was just kind of going through the motions a little bit and weren't real serious about some of the stuff they were doing. So an absolute uh, mess there in Brooklyn. It doesn't look like they know who they want to be, what team mm -hmm. kind of team they want to be. Uh, it, it's Mikhail Bridges defense has fallen off completely. Like it's to another planet. My hope is that's just, I'm having to do everything for this team and we, we stink. So it's, it is what it is, but yeah, they're, they're a mess. Like there there's, there's not even a lot to, like I just said with the Hornets, you're looking for bright spots. There's not even a lot of bright spots to look for with the nets. Like there's nothing that's jumping out that you're like, okay, I get that. Like Jalen Wilson's been okay. One of their two way guys. Uh, he's looked kind of okay. Nick Claxton is still hustling and doing the best to clean up for everybody on defense. But that beyond those two things, there's just not a lot to see there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the unfortunate side. That's why remember we had the guy that was a, a Nets fan that was really upset uh, at the trade deadline with, yeah. with this team. And I think we're starting to see kind of that, that frustration really show yeah. with Nets fans that are just a, a team fans just want, and, and Keith, this is something that, that we've talked about a little bit in the, in the past. It's been a while, but fans today are more and more understanding of what, uh, uh, where a team is in their process, right? In terms of if a team is rebuilding, 
fans are more accepting of that. Now, do the casual fans tune in to see uh, a rebuilding team? No, not as often. There's definitely a benefit to being a winning team and all that. That certainly still matters. But fans are more understanding of, hey, this is where we're at. We're rebuilding through young players, through draft picks, and jump on now because a few years from now, this could really be something, right? Look at what's going on in OKC right now. Um, but they want to see a direction. That's what That has become the new like worst-case scenario for fans. Not that you have a bad team. It's that you have a team that has no direction. That's what is getting fans, at least the fans I'm seeing, the fans who are really bought in, right? Those fans get more frustrated right now with a team that lacks direction more than anything else. If there's a clear path and they can see what that path is, those fans will be bought in and they will understand where it's going and, and where and what what the team is trying to accomplish. The Brooklyn Nets, unfortunately, are, are falling into that category. Them and, and, and the Bulls, I think, right now, too, falling into that category, kind of directionless teams where they're either you're not sure what they're doing or you know what they're doing. And it doesn't seem to be the right the right move. Yeah, the the Bulls, I think they have a direction. It's just stay right straight down <laughs> the middle. Sure. Like we're not gonna do a lot to be great. We're not gonna bottom it out to reset. We're just gonna keep plugging along. It's a it's like anybody who's done a cross country road trip, when you hit the the plane states, it's you set it on cruise control and you might as well put your seat back and if you got your lane assist on, you you could just almost take a nap because there's there's nothing but straight flat road all the way through for you know hours upon that, that, end. that's the chicago bulls they're just on yeah, cruise control that's it they're just, just on feet up on the dash to, to nowhere right it's and that's what it feels like okay yeah i think there's a lot of these teams that are the, the, the fans are body like i can tell you here in orlando people were super excited when they said all right, you know what? We had it. We had the year where we made it to the playoffs again, and that was fun. And then we did it again in the bubble season, and everybody was fired up. But we don't want to be the seventh or eighth seed. That's not where we want to be. They tore it down the next season and started over, and people were actually super enthusiastic about the direction mm-hmm. of where the team was going. And now it's paying off. Now they're starting to come back up on the other side. Oklahoma City, obviously, the you know number one example of that. Yeah. How well they did. Memphis, they bottomed out for felt like a, a week and a half and landed all these good players, and now they're right back. This year's very different. That's obviously a messy lost season, but they're they're uh you know they're 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 fine. I uh, Sam says Blazers as well. Portland's in year one of starting this. They like we haven't even completed a full transaction cycle for them yet because they we got to remember they weren't bought into a full rebuild until we were into the off season starting. So I'm willing to give them a whole other year of transaction cycle. They're still a bad team next year. They're sitting on Brogdon on an expiring contract. And Jeremy Grant, they have reasonable offers and don't trade them. I'm going to be starting to sing a very different tune about the Trailblazers. But right now, I'm willing to give them a little bit uh, with that. With the Blazers. Yeah, I mean, I get the Blazers, you want to see them move on from some of these guys like Brag, Brogdon and stuff, but they can always, they can move them this summer too. So um, they, they still have some opportunities there. You know, uh, when I look at, at some of these teams, again, picking a direction, that's, it's critical. It's critical that you figure out where you're yeah. going. Cause the worst thing you can do is be like, we've talked about, be a treadmill team. That, that's what you don't want. All right, let's get into here. We've got a question. DA Baracus said, how does a disabled player exception work with a guy like Gabe Vincent, who misses almost the whole season, but is never ruled out at any point in the season? Well, he's been ruled out. 
Um, I mean, he's. I think he means ruled out for this for the season. Yes, too late now to use as a trade, and the disabled player is uh, is no longer available to them. We're past the the deadline for that. Um, There's no way to go back and like retroactively use a disabled player. The problem is you have to get an independent doctor to say yes. This player almost certainly will not be returning this season, and I don't think that's been where things have been at with with Gabe Vincent. Yeah, and to even get to that point, you have to have some kind of understanding from the player as well that they're likely to be out for the year, and that was never the case. I mean, the Lakers even almost said when they announced everything, uh, when it was finally announced he was having surgery, like where we expect him back. Like there, there was never a point where anybody said yeah. he's out for the season. It's also important because he followed up with maybe a bio free agent. A disabled player exception does not give you a roster spot. You only get a, it's a signing exception. And how it works is you get half of the player's salary up to the non-taxpayer mid-level amount. So if it's like a 30, $40 million player, you're going to get 12.4 million. That's what the Grizzlies got for John Morant. If it is a player like Gabe Vincent, what's he making? 10 and a half this year, I think. 10 and a half, yeah. You, you would have gotten 5.25 million. So, uh, which is nothing to sneeze at. It would have been sure. a decent chunk of change. Two issues, though. Like, first, we covered player has to be ruled out for the year, and you had to do, you had to apply for it by the middle of January, and that hasn't happened. So, uh, well, the Lakers are just moving forward with what they have. I think they they no, they did they filled their open roster spot right. Well, they did with Spencer Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. So, yeah. If now, if they they really wanted to really do something else, they could wave wave a guy if they wanted to. If sure. they looked at it and said, "Hey, player X is." They're not going to be a part of our playoff rotation. Move them out to go get a player. Why? Problem is, I don't. I, I think the Lakers kind of looked and said, "This is what we needed." Was mm-hmm. a, was another ball handler? We. I don't know what. It, not that they couldn't improve spots for sure, but I think they're looking at it and saying the guys who are available right now, they're not going to be upgrades over the guys we have. So there's no reason to go looking for a way to make another move. And beyond double dipping in terms of salary, right? You wave a guy, you're still paying that guy for the remainder Correct. of the season. You bring somebody else, you got to pay that guy too. But beyond that, the players who they would consider waving, and I, I think they've used all these guys to varying degrees this season, but we would be talking about Jackson Hayes, Christian Wood, Cam Reddish. Um, they all have player options for next year. So yep. then that would lock in those player options as dead money on their books. Uh, people will say, oh, they should wave. Jalen Hood Shafino, or they because he hasn't done anything this year, or they <laughs> should lock in even more money, <laughs> right? They'd be locking in even more yeah. money, and they're not gonna. And Max Lewis, people say, Oh, wait, they're not gonna give up on a, on a rookie player that fast either. So, um, yeah, there, I don't think there's a clear path for that. If somebody gets waived that should not have been waived, sure, that like somebody hits the buyout market that shouldn't be there. And whoa, this is a big upgrade, sure, they'll wave somebody and try and try to make something happen, but. Other than that, which is obviously extremely unlikely, the the roster is what it is. Yeah, I'll, I'll say I was a little surprised they didn't make a small move at the trade deadline to get out too. of the tax. Like I, I really thought they, you know, I, I thought maybe Christian Wood or Jackson Hayes or maybe Cam Reddish, especially if they were like, hey, we we I think they kind of knew we've got a pretty good shot at Dinwiddie. If we don't need one of these guys moving forward get out of their contract and then trade them somewhere where team will just kind of eat the deal for us and, and we'll go. But my guess is they probably looked around and said, we don't want to give up. um, You know, we're going to pay more if we gave up cash 
then then we're going to save tax wise with this. They're not a worry about being repeater tax because they're they're not close to that. And then I think the other part of it is um, we don't want to give up a draft pick to do it because they're they're a little low on draft pick uh, draft picks moving forward. So it, I I it was just a little surprised they didn't make a move. I think mm-hmm. what their hope would have been was had they made a bigger trade take back about 2 million less in a bigger trade. And then you would have avoided the tax. You could have then filled the spot, but, but they, they didn't. And, you know, so as it stands, they're going to have about a $2 million tax bill and it'll be what it'll be. And, you know, it is what it is. Cause there's really no reasonable way this late in the year that you can get out of the luxury tax. Like it's, right. it's, it's, it's almost impossible. You, uh, yeah, you could wave and stretch a guy, but you can't stretch this year's money. So that's not going to yeah. help. So yeah, it just gets very, very messy. And that's what I, what I asked too. I, um, I, I had said, okay, they'll probably do something small to avoid the tax because they're so close to that tax line. Why yeah. not? Uh, but I was told uh, from within the Lakers, like, no, we didn't want to give up draft capital because that's what it would cost to make that happen. Yeah. Um, and that's both they feel like they're they can they can choose good players in the draft. They found guys in the second round, so they've got some value there, but also because they want to have those assets to potentially move this summer or or into the future. So yep. they decided that they would rather have the assets than the than the money. And they went with that. Yep. Let's uh pause there for a moment and talk about the summer. Uh Howard yep. Beck put out a piece yesterday, which was really good. I shared it on my Twitter timeline. And it was basically it's it's a uh, topic kind of near and dear to our hearts here and will be even more so in the months to come. This is a terrible free agent class, but as I am very fond of saying cap space can be used in more than just signing free agents, right? Mm -hmm. You can do trades. There is a sense around the league and I'm talking, I've talked to probably 15 or 20 different people with teams and with agencies. We are going to see a ton of trades this summer. I'll I'll call it now. We've said it before. This is going to be the summer of the trade. Again, like we are going to see, and not just like minor, like big names get moved. Because we have, one, you've got a bunch of teams that are trying to go for it. You've got teams that they can't upgrade their roster by any other meaningful way other than making a trade. And you have teams on the other side that are, we got to get out of this second apron. We've got to get off some some guys. And it's not gonna, it's not good enough to say we gotta get out of the second apron. So we're dumping the player who makes $10 million. Like that's probably not gonna get it done. Like the Clippers and PJ Tucker. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. they're they're not a good good example because I think Steve Ballmer's one of the least uh owners to be like, oh no, the second apron. I think he's like, whatever, bring it on. Um, but other teams are gonna be positioning to try to get. I'm out from underneath that second apron. You're going to see a lot of movement this way. And that's something Howard Beck kind of noted of teams that are facing some of these issues. I'm going to write on spot track a whole thing. It'll come out later today, which will be kind of what the spending power landscape looks like. Who's got cap space? Who has the full mid-level? Who's going to be a second apron team? Who's going to have only the mini mid-level? What does that look like? So I will have that uh, out later today, Thursday. Um, that'll post so you can read that Thursday, Friday, over the weekend, whenever, um, and get into it. And then I'm also going to write something a little later, which is kind of same similar vein to Howard Beck. But I'm going to add on who can benefit. Like who are the teams mm-hmm. that can then, hey, if Minnesota looks around and says, crap, we 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 cannot be this expensive, who can benefit from that? Who is sitting there with a hand up saying, hey, we'll we'll take 
player acts off your hands. Like we're ready to go. So, so just, just a little touch on some stuff that's coming and where this will be stuff. We're obviously going to get into a lot here over the coming months and probably a lot more when we get into the playoffs around Mm -hmm. uh, this team fell short a little. What's next for this team? Those will be the conversations we're going to have. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know what that means? That means it's going to be a busy summer for you, for you and me, my friend. That's and that's and that's exciting. Everybody loves yeah. trades. They're they're a lot of fun. All the different rumors we're going to see flying around. The summer of the trade. I agree. I think it's it's coming. And man, it's going to be it's going to be a blast. We've got a great NBA season going on, by the way. But yeah, it just, yeah, it just goes to show. Like there's stuff for to sure. look forward to. Yeah, let's go get Celtics the the, the banner and I did not say that on top. Yeah, yeah. I did not I say that. My my official I, stance I, is anybody but Boston or or the Clippers, and then and I'm okay with anybody, anybody. else. <laughs> um, Da Barakas says, "Give us a sneak peek." It's not. I mean, this is if you've been reading some people and following some stuff. Keep an eye on Carl Anthony Towns. If the Wolves fall Ooh. short, there's a chance we we could see. He is just, they're not going to move Anthony Edwards. He is now the face of the franchise. Gobert is, again, playing really too well to move. It's Towns has that big, big contract. And there's a sense of, can you can you build a winner around him if it's kind of him anchoring your defense? And I think the Wolves are going to look at it and say, uh, we've got enough offense. We mm-hmm. can build a winner with Gobert anchoring the defense. And I think, let's see, now if they – have a great run they make the finals or even make the west finals i think there's a chance we could see the uh the wolves say all right we'll bite the bullet and we'll go forward but that roster is wildly expensive and that's before we do things like resign mike conley resign yeah. um uh you know resign um guys like um gosh who, who am i thinking about resign uh uh monte morris who they got at the trade deadline so oh yeah just you know th- things to think about but that that's one of the big names that's out there but other people have floated Trey young could could potentially be available that the the, the no- noise around donovan mitchell is just going to continue it's not gonna yeah we're going to keep until he either extends or doesn't this summer because yeah. that's going to tell us everything if he accepts an extension then that's obviously that's done if he doesn't then it's trade time Sky Falcon asks, the Wolves the second apron team? They're not right now, but next summer, everything points to that if they don't make major moves uh, to their roster. And that means like getting rid of one of their big salaries. They've got three guys on max deals and then multiple other guys making uh, the the seven-digit deal. Or not, yeah, yeah, seven-digit deals. So that that gets that's where it gets really kind of complicated in that spot. 
All right. Well, it should be a really exciting summer. Um, uh, last thing we'll do. Any other rumors or guys looking for the buyout market? Drummond, DeLon Wright. Yeah. Do, do you see anybody else popping free here in this market? We could see maybe there generally tends to be one or two guys. We get closer to that March 1st date uh, when guys have to be waived by. I, I think there is a chance we we may see one of one more one or two more players pop free that it's the team's like, all right, we, we're really not going anywhere. And this guy's mm-hmm. not part of the future. DeLon Wright would be a pretty good example of that right now. So I think you could see something like that. And if the team, another thing to keep an eye on, if they've got a two-way guy, that it's like, boy, we'd really like to get him converted and we got to create a roster spot for that. You could see something like that as well. So, so that's something to keep an eye on here. And then the teams that have open roster spots, they're going to continue to kind of just see what develops, see who becomes available, and and kind of move move forward from there. There's, you know, we've seen a handful of guys get converted. Craig Porter Jr. got converted by the Cavs mm-hmm. uh, most recently. So, yeah, it, there, there's still some transactions to come, but I don't think anything that's going to swing a playoff series or anything like that at this right. point. I think they call the big biggest stuff is is pretty much uh, uh, finished all right well that's about all the time that we've got today uh steven we'll get to your question on the next show about clay and and the warriors and all that i'm sure we're going to be talking plenty about them but do appreciate everybody for joining us uh today we'll be off tomorrow uh we'll see on uh on monday if there's some big news around the league I may be able to jump on Monday and we'll do something there, but uh, enjoy the all-star game this weekend. Mostly I'll say enjoy all all-star Saturday night. That's my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. Um, enjoy all-star be... Saturday night. I hope nobody gets hurt during the Yes, game. please. We really yes, about. please. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what yeah, we need to see. Don't, don't come here on Monday complaining about nobody played defense. Nobody cares. Great. Perfect. That's fine. <laughs> just, just do yeah. not get hurt. No issues. Nobody get hurt. Somebody asked me last night, they said, what's the ideal minutes for LeBron and Anthony Davis in, in the all-star game? I said zero. <laughs> yeah. 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 To Just, make a, make a you know, cameo appearance and walk wave out, wave, and, yeah, go exactly. sit back down. Yeah. 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 That's, that's about it. Yeah. And it's a, uh, yeah, no, we, nobody needs to be out there running big minutes or getting no. hurt. night. It's, it's who it's Doc Rivers and who's the West coach. Is it? Uh, I don't think it is, right? Because he no, went last year. It's uh. It, oh, it's Pete, not so, Chris Finch. It's, it's got to be Chris Finch, right? Because they're number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. So those, yeah, those two guys aren't gonna, uh, you know, they're they're not gonna say too much. So no, I think they're gonna let guys go. <laughs> Da Brack says I'm gonna have front office Fridays withdrawals tomorrow. Watch the show back. Then. Watch it twice. Yeah, yeah watch it again tomorrow. That's the way to just, do it. Just just pause it when I yell front office Friday before I get to the on a Thursday. Yeah, and you can add in the Friday. Yeah, pause it. You wherever you are at public place, whatever. Yell the Friday part. And uh, and there you go. Yeah, perfect. (laughs) All right, guys, have a great weekend. We're uh, you know, like we said, we'll let you know over the next little bit here. We're 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 doing a little bit of downtime because it's straight through all the way here now, all the way through the middle of July or or later this year because summer league got pushed back. So so we're we've got uh five five and a half months of uh, full work ahead of us. So we're, we're, we're going to take a little bit of downtime and, uh, and guys go check out the basketball bulletin, basketball bulletin.substack.com. Uh, I'll have some new stuff coming out there shortly. All right, everybody. Thank you till next time. We'll see you and stay safe. Tax day is coming. Oh no. 
But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.